you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, Yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, ten a girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait, did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome, everybody, to The Season with Peter Schrager. This is a rare double dip. We're doing two episodes in one week, and we thought we would uh, would spend some time talking about Tom Brady's retirement. And it was easy enough to wait till next week and jump on and be like, hey, we're going to do that. No, let's do it right here, right now. Tom Brady, it's Wednesday, uh, just retired from the NFL in a video that he filmed on his own phone that was such a departure from last year's whatever the hell was going on with, you know, first a Schefter report, then he retires, but he says he's not retiring, then he unretires. It was just a mess. This year, Brady retires by just doing a simple, raw, honest video. Here's what he had to say uh, to his millions of followers. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first, so I won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me. My family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. 
I'm not going to spend today's podcast going through all of Brady's accomplishments and listing all the amazing wins and moments. I'll just say the announcement of the news itself. Here's what I got. I uh, have sources close to Brady and here the video was filmed days ago. So that wasn't filmed this morning. That was a video that he filmed days ago. He went to the uh, 80 for Brady movie premiere last night in Los Angeles. By the time that he posted the video, the sun was not up. So in LA, clearly that, that would not be him on the beach. Uh, Wednesday morning. All that will be forgotten. Um, days from now, no one cares about it. But what that the big takeaway is that he's known for, for some time now that he was retiring. Sources with the Buccaneers told me they found out this morning prior to the video being posted. They were given a heads up that Brady was calling a quit. So think about the sequence of time here in his head. He's watching the games over the weekend. The decision's probably formulating. It's probably been formulating for a couple weeks. Makes a decision. Films the video. Flies to L.A., does this movie premiere thing, is asked a million questions, I'm sure, um, does on the red carpet, doesn't give any hints, doesn't address it, has the Jim Gray podcast somewhere in there where he tells Jim Gray he's not answering any questions, all that stuff. Um, but then a simple Wednesday morning, by week boom, video, out. No statement, no marketing video, no plug to the TB12 brand, no, no you know, I'm promoting this movie, I'm, nothing. A simple video. Brady, a man in his thoughts, succinct message. I dig it. I appreciate it. Um, that was one piece of news. The other piece of news was Sean Payton. So on, when we recorded this podcast yesterday, I said, uh, screaming from the mountaintops, please, please do not listen to the reports that are saying that Sean Payton's not taking a job. Please, please. I knew something was going down, guys, obviously. And I was saying the orange tie that he wore on Fox um, – it might not have been an accident. That's all I'll say. He wore a big bright orange tie on Sunday. Uh, talks with the Broncos were well underway uh, on Sunday, and that was going on while we were filming our show. However, they needed to figure out the trade compensation with the Saints. That wasn't done yet, and they also needed to figure out Sean's uh, compensation as far as salary goes. The interesting thing to pe- uh, piece to this is Peyton is going to get a huge salary from the Broncos. And you might say, well, salary cap doesn't matter with coaches. We don't really know how much that money is going to be. It doesn't have to be made public. There's no salary cap. There's no announcement of how much. You better believe in coaching circles, people start hearing what he's getting. And if he's getting a certain number, there's no stopping a Kyle Shanahan, a Sean McVay, a Zach Taylor, any of these guys to go to their owners and say, well, why is Sean Payton making X amount more than me? That to me is the storyline here. Does the NFL want the coaching salaries to go out of whack? Are the owners thrilled that a new owner came in and is paying Sean Payton a certain number? I'm trying to give you the next level analysis here. Sean Payton comes back at the age of 61, says, I'm going to coach the new the Denver Broncos. I need this number. And the Broncos owners match that number. Now, if all of these Super Bowl contending coaches are below him, do they go to their owners and say, well, wait a second. If he got that, what's stopping me from stepping away from a year doing the same? It's an interesting set of dominoes, and it's the unpretty side of all of this. And the owners in the league, I'm sure, are not thrilled to to have Sean Payton make a certain number and all the other owners say, hey, now I've got to pay my guy that. Last year, Deshaun Watson got a certain number as a quarterback. All the other quarterbacks are like, I need that number. Guess what? That might be coming after Sean Payton gets what he got. Um, That's the unsavory side of sports. It's the business side of it. There's also a football side of it. And scheduled long before Brady's uh, retirement was this guest today. And if you're a Bengals fan, 
you're going to love it. If you're a non-Bengals fan, you're going to wish this guy was your coach. Tell you what, Zach Taylor's the real deal. I've known Zach going back to his Miami Dolphin days when he was coaching on Dan Campbell's interim uh, Dolphins team, uh, the Joe Philbin era back then. Uh, Zach Taylor bounced around from there to the University of Cincinnati at one point, to the LA Rams at some point, um, to then, of course, elevating to being the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Two rough years to start his career, two amazing years the past two years, and he has been the same guy since day one that I've met him. Uh, Zach Taylor is a great NFL coach. He is a great podcast guest. He agreed to do the season with Peter Schrager. He has not done any other media. Fresh off a heartbreaking AFC Championship game loss. Guys, sit back and enjoy. Zach Taylor, the head coach, the Cincinnati Bengals. Back-to-back trips to the AFC Championship game, a Super Bowl appearance last year, and a uh, fantastic season from the Cincinnati Bengals. We're welcoming in their head coach and uh, one of the best best minds in football right now going, Mr. Zach Taylor. Zach, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate it, Peter. Thanks for having me on. I love having you on. All right, so just as we're recording this, this is Tuesday, I'm sorry, Wednesday morning, um, Tom Brady put out a statement, a video that he's retiring. I'm not sure if, if you've been able to check all the tweets or whatever, but as we sit down and do this, you guys played against the Buccaneers this year, obviously. Good comeback win for you. And of course, you were the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year or Player of the Year um, after Brady had already won three Super Bowls. So you put this whole thing together. Your reactions to Tom Brady finally calling it quits and this time for real. Yeah, what an awesome career. Um, I grew up watching Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. And so to, to coach against those guys, uh, interact with them is, is unbelievable. So, again, hats off to him for a phenomenal career. It's, it's, uh, that'll be tough to ever match. Did you exchange any words after that game? I guess it was December 18th. Bengals, Buccaneers, Brady comes to midfield. You guys come back and win that game. Is there any exchange of like, here's my words of wisdom from Tom Brady or <laughs> it doesn't go down like that? No, no, I, I don't know that I've ever interacted with Tom, you know, and I've always had a ton of respect for him, but, but I've never interacted with him. Yeah. Um, we're 72 hours now outside of the AFC Championship game, which I said earlier in the week was an all-time classic that everyone will remember where they were. You guys, the season's done now. It's so fresh. It's so raw. Now that you've had 72 hours to remove yourself, not only from the game, but from the season, uh, for Bengals fans, for NFL fans, you know, just your perspective on the season that was and really how far this team came. Yeah, really proud of our guys, you know, and, and we didn't know it at the time, but on Halloween, we lost the Browns on Monday Night Football to go four and four. And we were really playing playoff football ever since then. You know, we just didn't know it. And so to look up and be four and four and then turn around and you're 14 and four and you're on the run that we were on, it was a credit to our guys for just putting their head down and, and focus on each week and finding ways to win. And the next thing you know, you're in Kansas City for the AFC Championship and a couple plays away from going back to the Super Bowl and just really proud of the effort of our guys and and the discipline to get to that point. A loss like that, that's so heartbreaking and obviously is so fresh. When do you put on the tape? Is that something a coach puts on Sunday night in the flight home? Do you bury the tape and never watch it? I'm always fascinated. We know that, you know, when you win one, you don't want to linger too much on, on the tape and you just want to get to the next. But when the season ends, like it just ended, like when do you go to that tape and watch the all 22 and break it down? Yeah. You watch it on the plane afterwards on the iPad and really, um, you know, and then the next morning you go through to get, you, you want to be aware of, of what happened and be able to talk through it with conversations with the players and other people as you need to. And, 
um, yeah, it's painful to watch, but um, you know, again, we 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 played hard. Uh, proud of the way that the guys played. Um, you know, wasn't wasn't like we were prepared. wasn't like our guys had poor performances. It was just a great game against two two heavyweight fighters, and and unfortunately, we came up a little short. You know, I said it on Twitter on Sunday night, and it got about a billion retweets. And I'm not usually that guy searching for the retweets, but I just said how you handled the press conference after the game was was pretty classy. You, you took the high road. You didn't go through play by play when you know a lot of people online, a lot of Bengals fans were upset about certain things. What's your message to the team? After the game, you guys get in the locker room and there were some calls, obviously, whatever it is. But you know that this is more than one game and one play here or there. This was an entire season that they should be proud of. Yeah, we got to find a way to be proud of what we did. Um, This team should be tied together forever. It's a special team. And I want guys to be able to reflect on that and enjoy that. Um, Tough moments like that is really where your character is tested. You know, what are you going to be about when when the emotions are raw and and, uh, you know, and, and so I thought it was just important that we conduct ourselves the right way. And I was really proud of the way the guys handled that. What'd you, what'd you say to Asai after the game? Obviously, in the moment, everyone has their reactions. But then at the end of the day, you realize this is a kid who played his best game as a pro, 22 years old. He's going to be a player for this team for a while. He didn't want to push, you know, Mahomes after the whistle. We know that. Yeah. So what's the message yeah. from the head coach to the young man? Well, I think what's great about Joseph is, is his passion for the game and his effort on every single play. And more times than not, that's going to pay off in a really positive way for you because he, he's, he's an effort player. He never gives up. He gives everything he's got on every snap. And, uh, and, and so, again, he'll, he'll learn from that. He'll be on that stage again someday, making, making great plays for us to help us you know, get to that next level. And, and uh, I think he'll have a great appreciation for, for what happened on Sunday when he gets to that point. What kind of kid is he? I don't think anyone in America knows. Second-round pick, yeah. young guy. But, like, we don't know. I, don't, I, I wouldn't be able to identify his face if he walked by, and now he's this name. Like, it's already passed. But in the moment, everyone's like, you know, Asai, Asai. So what's he like? Give us a little light awesome. on the young man. Yeah. Awesome guy. Uh, very passionate about football. He's all in. Um, just wants to be great, wants to help the team, and uh, really, really did a great job growing in his role this year. He's fought through some injuries, really was on IR last year as a rookie because um, he got hurt in the Tampa Bay preseason game. Um, he's fought through injuries over the course of his career, and he was really starting to hit his stride at the, the latter point of this season and uh, playing good football on Sunday. You know, he made some great plays for us, and, and uh, so, again, he's got a really bright future for us. You know, I, I I watched the game back. It was on Monday night. I watch it back, and it's fourth and six. And here's Burrow goes back and hits Chase. And then there's the other passes to Higgins. There's so many great young talents on this team. And as everyone wants to rush forward and say, well, the window might be closing. I'll, forget the window might be closing. Just talk about the youth and the core of this team and, you know, and why there's reason for great optimism, not only for next year, but for the future of Cincinnati Bengals football. So, yeah, so, such a great balance of players on our team where we've got those veteran leaders that are really talented um, and they're willing to pass that wisdom down to some really special young players. And, and those young players are willing to take that information and, and become even better players. And so it's just a really good collaborative effort in our locker room right balance of personalities, right balance of talent, right balance of age. Duke Tobin's done a great job in the draft acquiring these these guys with talent, and, and we've hit on these guys. And uh, the coaches have done a really good job developing that talent as well. And so it's, it's, a, it's a really special team, and I'm happy to be a part of it. And talk about the owner, because, you know, Mike Brown has been there forever, and for years it was like the Bengals aren't investing in this team, and there was all this criticism. Now I look at this team, it's one of the best rosters in football, new facility yeah. coming. I feel like the narrative is should be changed. Absolutely. You know, my, my experience in four years here has been we're on, the, we're on the same page every step of the way with, with Mike Brown and the rest of the family. Um, I've got so much appreciation for him and what he's meant to be and, and how he's allowed me to grow 
the wisdom he's given me. He's been around this league forever. He's seen it evolve. Um, he's got so much wisdom to share to me, and, and he's just been so encouraging and patient throughout the whole process um, that uh, I'm incredibly grateful for, for Mike and the rest of the family. It's been a fun ride for Bengals fans these last two years, and it's only going to continue, and it all starts under center at the switch. When you guys were scouting Joe Burrow and when you guys were considering him number, number one overall, did you in a million years envision this? Now, he would say, yeah, this is all what's been written and this is what I do. Like, but did you think it could be like this good this fast? Yeah, he, he's a special person. I, I don't know that we ever had a timetable on, on when we'd make it to the Super Bowl. We're always hopeful that it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, but just being around him and watching him play on his college tape, he's, he was a special player, and he elevated everyone around him. He had great talent, no question, but um, he certainly maximized those players around him and maximized his abilities, and that's what he's done for us as well. And uh, we're very fortunate to have him. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, we got to keep aiding in his development, but, man, he's, he's an elite player right now. Does he bust chops? Is he funny? Like, I, I feel like he's got this steely glaze. He's got this amazing swag, all the stuff that we see. And then he gets on the field, and he never wavers. He is the same guy and does not right. get high, does not get low. But, like, behind closed doors, does he bust chops? Is he funny? Is he yeah. a wise-ass? Like, what's he like? Oh, yeah. No, he's great. You know, the quarterback room is a special place. Um, and and he the personalities in that room are great with him and Brandon Allen and Jake Browning and Dan Pitcher. Yeah, they got their own thing going on in there. Um, yeah, he certainly gives it as good as he takes it. And, and uh, yeah, he's a fun person to be around. Yeah. Um, we'll wrap shortly because I just think this is it's awesome to get access to you. And it's it's unfortunate with how the season ended. And yet there's so much to be proud of. We go back to the, the Monday night game. And I thought you showed your true character. But also we saw a lot of, I guess, grace and the good of the league um, in the way that entire situation was handled amongst two coaches. Talk about the bond that maybe you and Sean McDermott will have the rest of your way throughout your careers um, going through that traumatic event. Yeah, I always had a ton of respect for Sean and the way he operates and uh, the way that he's built that team and and a lot of respect for Sean and, and, and even more so in a lot of ways for seeing how uh, the decisions he really made in the moment were um, – you know, the life of DeMar is more important than what this game is. I need to be there for him. It's my obligation as a coach to, to support my players and be in the hospital. And um, that made every decision after that very simple and easy. Um, and, and so, again, I've got a deep appreciation for how he handled that stuff. And um, he had a great pulse for his team. And, and we're just all really fortunate to see the way that, that DeMar has come out of that, given what we saw on Monday night to now, um, I think was, was not a prediction anybody would have been made that he would have been doing – um, as well as he is right now, and that's just awesome to see. I know he's still got a long ways to go, but, um, man, to see where it was on Monday night, it's, it's special to see. Yeah, and, and your team responded by, okay, there's a coin toss, not going to be relevant. There's a neutral game, not going to be relevant. From the coaching side of it, how much did you kind of use that stuff as motivation for the team, or do you stay away and just let the headlines tell the story and let the players go from there? No, we, we use as much as we can get. You know, I think it's good in this profession, you'll take any edge you can get. And, you know, you, you could argue, yeah, the players don't need that if they're built the right stuff, but but they'll take it, you know, and it, it's, it's good. Any button you can push to, uh, to try to motivate the guys to get that little extra out of them. Um, I think our team's done a great job responding to that kind of stuff. Um, and then obviously getting the playoffs and the win against Buffalo is historic. And it's one where everyone assumes this offensive line is going to be in tatters and they can't protect Burrow and they put on a perfect game. You look back on this season, you look back at that moment. What's the moment you're proudest of of the 2022 Bengals? Sure. I, I just think, um, 
you know, those games down the stretch for us. You know, it's it's uh, having to win both those Baltimore games, having to win at Buffalo on the road, and, and one of the toughest environments in all football. And then you throw the snow on top of it, and um, just that that stretch, I think, was um, a great testament of the character of, of our players. And it's a long season at that point. We played 17 games, and and we need you to be at your best. And and uh, we were able to beat some really good football teams down the stretch. And uh, I, I think that spoke to the character of our team. This this story of the Bengals is one thing. The story of your rise as a coach is another. Um, you've told me this story before, and it was on the podcast I did with Sean McVay. I got to retell it for this one, though. Uh, Eastern Washington, a workout yeah. in 2016, I guess it was. You were the, 2017. What yeah. was your What was your role with the Rams? You were the wide receivers coach at the time, or you were the quarterbacks I was the coach? Assistant wide receivers coach. <laughs> assistant wide receivers coach of the Los Angeles yeah. Rams, and you get an assignment. You're going to fly with Sean McVay to Eastern Washington. Take it away from there, Zach. What's the rest? Yeah, so it was me, uh, Sean, Les Need, Shane Waldron. Uh, and Matt LaFleur. I, a, I think, I think about that. That's a who's who of like NFL offensive coordinators, head coaches, and decision makers. Yeah. I love it already. And, and Eric Yarber. And yep. uh, it was probably about two weeks before the draft. Uh, we got on a plane, flew around the country. We worked out Evan Ingram. Uh, we worked out uh, Zay Jones, Taewon Taylor, uh, Western Kentucky, Adam Shaheen, uh, Gerald Everett. And, and then we finished with Cooper Cup. And so <laughs> I was the arm. I had to throw as the assistant receiver coach to all these guys over – over three days, and the, <laughs> last that one, doing? the last one was uh, Cooper Cup in Eastern Washington. And I mean, halfway through the workout, my arm was going to fall off. Unfortunately, <laughs> there was a quarterback there, you know, an Eastern Washington kid that was able to supplement some of my throws. But um, you know, Cooper was a special player. We connected on all of them except for one. We had a, we had a back in line red zone route. I love that you remember right. that. I overthrew it. I almost hit his dad in the background, you know, but. Uh, no, Cooper. Cooper was a special player. It was on the red turf. It was cold. It was in April, but it was kind of cold and wet, and just kind of a miserable day. And but we fought through it. And uh, you know, Cooper had made enough impact on on the organization where uh, they drafted him in the second round. Think about that that group that you were with on that on that journey. Of course, you get Cooper Cup. I think it was third round actually. Third round. Yeah, we got Gerald third. in the second you round. You got Gerald in the second. Cooper in the third round. Yeah. And probably didn't even have a first round pick if it's the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. That's usually uh, how no, it goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. think about that group now and how everyone is spread out and it's pretty cool. You've got a cool staff of your own. We know that coach Lou Anarumo and Brian Callahan are currently in the head coaching interview process for a couple gigs. Uh, Lou with Arizona, then Brian still alive in Indianapolis and then Arizona. Now that you're the head guy and you're watching your coordinators get this opportunity, what do you tell them as they step up to the mic and try to interview in front of these owners? Well, they're ready for it. You know, they, they've, um, seeing how we've we've done this thing every step of the way, and I think that's what's special is having those guys here for four years, from starting at the beginning to all the way at this point. And so the, the they've seen it, they've seen a, a foundation be built the way that we wanted to build it, and how the culture has transformed this team. And um, so you know they can just speak from the heart and go interview these, and, and they're special guys. And I think the owners that interview them will see that, and they're going to have great opportunities to get these jobs. Selfishly, I'd, I'd like to run it back. With sure. Got, but I also understand there's going to come a point where they're going to they're going to get these opportunities, and that's awesome for them and their families. And, and we're very supportive of that. What'd you make of this Bengals fan base the last few months, just rallying around this team? And it, they almost went, you guys almost went from this plucky underdogs to like these this incredible fan base, just like who wants to face us? Let's go. Yeah, I, I think we're just intertwined as a team and as a as a city. Um, as an overall fan base, um, they feel a part of what we're doing. We feel we feel that from them, 
it's it's not the biggest city in in America, and so there's a direct connection there where we interact with these fans all the time, and we're in the schools, we're in the restaurants, we're in the community. Um, I think they they feel a strong connection to some great players that have great personalities on our team. I think that's that's a really fun thing to have these personalities that these kids can. Um, you know, admire. connect with. I mean, and, Zach, and, I see yeah. the videos of you going into these bars after wins. I think there's something to that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty neat to be a part of. And it's kind of a tradition we, we fell into. Um, it's going to be a part of us forever. And um, just, just happy to be able to connect with the fans that way. And um, I think it's worked out well for us. Uh, two more questions. And I, I like asking this to all the coaches. If you could sum up the 2022 Cincinnati Bengals season with one offensive play, if there was a play that you're proudest of, if there's a play that you're like, you know what, dig this one up. This is this tells a lot about our squad. We had Dan Quinn on last week, and I said, give me a play, and he picked a random play of Parsons chasing down a tight end, you know, from 10 yards that didn't, it wasn't as significant as maybe a game that put him in the playoffs, but it was like, that was our team this year. I hate yeah. putting you on the spot, but what's a cool play that you're proud of that you're like, cue up that tape, let's run it back, and you can take us through. You know, I, I think in the first Kansas City game, um, we, were, we were able to show clips of every person on our roster making impact plays on that game, every single one of them, all, all 48 guys that were active. And there were so many clips of our offensive line in that game um, just doing a great job helping each other, you know, against a great pass rush, against a great front, great linebackers. And so uh, I, I don't have the one specific on the spot right here. That's I, I do like the question. I got to put more thought. I was going to say, give but, me some Ajay Piran, just rumbling. Give it to me. Yeah, I mean, I just finishing after contact down the field for some Ajay in that game. Uh, there were just so many. T Higgins catching a, a huge third down to put the game on ice at the very end. Um, Jamar, we had so many guys fighting on second down um, to convert uh, first downs or on third down to where we didn't. We weren't in a third and one or a fourth and one. That was really that first Kansas City game. We showed so many clips of Samaje and, and Jamar Chase getting that extra inch uh, to put us over the line, and a lot of those drives continue, and, and so a lot of those plays stand out. Samaje had some huge checkdowns on third down in that game. I got his first downs, extended drives, and touchdowns. You know, I'm a, I'm a writer by trade. I love the story. So, like, the narrative to me there is, like, fighting for every extra inch. And that's kind of the symbol of this team this year, going through the DeMar Hamlin thing from the other side of it, um, having to endure the same type of uh, un uneasiness of where is this going and then having to then go play football. I think that's symbolic of what your team was. Uh, last but not least, what now for the for the Taylor family? Do you get a chance to maybe put down the clicker of the All-22? Can you take yeah. some time to unwind? Do we play video games? Are we watching cartoons? What yeah. are we doing? Yeah, uh, my, my son's downloaded uh, 007, the old Nintendo 64 oh, game. Oh, GoldenEye. 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 And uh, so we, we, we put in a good three to four hours last night. Three to four Slappers, hours. Uh, grenade launchers. <laughs> they were having a blast. It kind of took me back to my my high school days. Yeah. And I didn't think they'd enjoy it with all the technology they got now, but they love it. They got their friends over today. And um, so, you know, that, that's that's been pretty cool to, to spend some time with them and be able to do some old school type of stuff. And when does it start where you're like looking at draft prospects and senior bowl crap? Like I, I, I cringe yeah. at the thought of you having to bring up that tape. Does that happen now? Like, is it this week? No, not this week. You know, I'll take two weeks off and, and uh, still be around town and, and for meetings and things that will happen around here. But jump back into that process before the combine starts to, to be prepped on those guys. And Duke does a great job. They're already moving full speed ahead. They're at the Senior Bowl. And uh, us as coaches will catch up sooner rather than later. Well, I said it on, on Good Morning Football last week going into the game, and we announced the finalists for Coach of the Year. And I know you're not one for look at me, and that's certainly not in your uh, – your, but – 
I don't know, man. Starting off the season 0-2, losing on Halloween, 4-4, four and four, go through the DeMar Hamlin thing, rattle off 10 straight wins, win in Buffalo. I'd say you had a pretty good year yourself, Zach. Well, we, we, we want to win championships. That's what drives us. And um, to get those numbers on the wall, you know, of, of 2022 division champs, we wanted 2022 AFC champs. It didn't work out for us. But uh, those are the things that, that really motivate us. Hey, I appreciate you taking the 15 minutes here and talking with me and wrapping up the season. Best of luck to you. I will see you combine, I imagine, the next time I'll see you. I'll be there for four eight days. Oh, yep. yes, so will I. <laughs> so will I, my friend. Uh, we'll see each other at the Shake Shack or whatever they call it. What is that, Shaking Shake and Steak? I don't know. You won't see me at Steak and Shake, Peter. No <laughs> way. If you want to go to a different restaurant, I'll meet you there. But uh, I'm going to stay away from, from that one. Uh, Zach Taylor, congratulations on a great season. And uh, thanks so much for joining the pod. Awesome. Thanks, Peter. Tremendous person, tremendous coach, and a great, great ambassador of the game, Zach Taylor. Uh, just an awesome combo. I love the image of him playing Goldeneye for four hours uh, with his family. I got Aaron Kaufman, um, my producer right here. Aaron, when you hear, you're thinking Tahiti, you're thinking Hawaii. No, he's sitting in a basement playing uh, slappers only with his kids. You got to come away from that conversation loving Zach Taylor. Yeah, I would love to get a couple rounds of Goldeneye in with him, you know, play uh, Complex. And uh, I think he was saying they were doing grenade launches only, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Tremendous. Um, that's the goal of this podcast, guys. Uh, one week we're going to have uh, you know, uh, Dan Quinn as he's about to go interview for head coaching jobs. The next week we're going to have Eric Stone Street, a diehard fan, talk about the uh, audition process in Hollywood and how heartbreaking that can be. And then the very next day we're going to bring in Zach Taylor, who was in the Super Bowl last year in the AFC Championship game 72 hours ago. We love doing this podcast. It's a joy. And I want to thank you, Aaron, as always. Uh, so good, so nimble to to make these happen. I want to thank uh, the great Jason English at iHeartRadio, Matt Schneider, Jason Kleinman, who's been awesome with the clips, um, I'm getting nostalgic because the season's coming to an end. We got one more left uh, th- before we wrap the season, and uh, we want to go out with a bang. So we have not booked our Super Bowl week guest yet, but I want to bring in a big one. Hopefully I can uh, fulfill expectations. And until then, guys, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Pro Bowl games presented by Verizon. And uh, no doubt I'll be back next week, and we'll be talking more ball. Chiefs, Eagles, it's here. Guys, enjoy. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. 
Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.